Welcome to the Carter Report. John Carter believes in the power of truth, not fiction, not fairy tales, but pure truth. In his quest for this truth, he has explored the mystical Middle East, where the great religions of the world were born. He has walked in the footsteps of ancient prophets through forgotten empires. He has visited Babylon, Jerusalem, and Egypt, where ancient prophets recorded messages especially relevant for today. Here are his answers to life's biggest questions. Welcome to the astounding world of the prophets. I'm so glad to have you in our house today. This week we're celebrating the whole week Beverly's birthday. And so I want to welcome you to our home. We want you to feel that you're at home at our place. I want to give a special welcome too to my old friend, Wayne Hackett. He's the voice you're going to hear in these programs. You've heard his voice over and over again. One of the most recognizable vo uh, voices in the whole of the United States of America. So Wayne, my old friend of many years, welcome to our house today. Pastor Carter, it's good to be with you. We have some questions for you. The prophecies in the Bible, are they genuine? And can they be scientifically proven? Are there genuine prophecies? Absolutely. Absolutely. Is this craziness? No, 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 no. One great philosopher said these words, if genuine prophecy exists, then the main issues of our age are met. What are the main issues? Well, summed up in three questions. Number one, where did I come from? Number two, why am I here? Number three, where am I going? Now, if you can't answer those questions with real satisfaction to your soul, you're not going to be a very, very happy person. How do I know? I've spoken to millions and millions of atheists in the old Soviet Union, in Russia and Ukraine. There was a great professor who came to my lectures, our lectures, in the great city of Kiev, in the Palace of Sport downtown. This man was so great an atheist that they put him in charge of the indoctrination of the soldiers who worked for the communists. He taught them atheism, taught them Marxism. But deep down in his soul, like so many people in the world today, he was an unhappy person. Because I'm, I'm telling you, friend, you can't be happy unless you can answer those three big questions. Where did I come from? Why am I here? And where am I going? In fact, there's another big question. Who am I? Or what am I? Am I simply just a, an accident? Am I a machine? Uh, am I an animal? Who am I? Now, one great philosopher, listen to this. He said it. If genuine prophecy exists, then the main issues of our age are met. Never forget this. If genuine prophecy exists, then the main issues of our age are met. Now today, I'm going to show you a genuine prophecy. I want you to notice it. I want you to uh, verify it if you can. I want you to think like that old professor thought. He came to those great meetings in the city of Kiev. He heard this prophecy. He heard many other prophecies. We had tremendous crowds of people coming. Hundreds of thousands of people were coming. 
And when he heard the evidence, he discovered the truth about absolute reality. I'm going to take you right now to the book of Daniel, Daniel chapter 2, written two and a half thousand years ago, written in the great city of, of Babylon when Nebuchadnezzar was the, was the leading force in the world, was the king really of the world. Daniel chapter 2, verse 31 and onwards. Daniel is talking to the king. He says, you looked, O king, and there before you stood a large statue, big metal man, an awesome, dazzling statue, awesome in appearance. The head of the statue was made of pure gold, its chest and arms of silver, its belly and thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, its feet partly of iron and partly of uh, baked uh, clay. An amazing, amazing spectacle, a great metal man. How do we know that you're not just making this up to fit a set of beliefs? What does it mean? How do do we know that we're just not making this stuff up? Well, I, I want to read on a little bit in this prophecy because this is a prophecy that was given two and a half thousand years ago. Okay, let me, let me read this to you. Uh, it says in verse 34 and 35, I want to read this to you. While you were watching, a rock was cut out, but not by human hands. It struck the statue on its feet of iron and clay and s- smashed them. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver and the gold were broken to pieces at the same time and became like chaff on a threshing floor in the summer. The wind swept them away without leaving a trace. But the rock that struck the statue became a huge mountain and filled the whole earth. What does it mean? This goes back two and a half thousand years was given in Babylon, this marvelous ancient city that was ruled over by a king by the name of Nebuchadnezzar. Big metal man, head of gold, chest of silver, belly and thighs of bronze, legs of iron, feet, part of iron and part of clay. And then there comes this tremendous stone that shatters this great image and breaks it into a billion pieces. I'm here to tell you today, I want you to listen up. I want you to listen very, very carefully. My friend, wherever you are in this wide world, this is a prophecy that predicted two and a half thousand years of history. If this is true, if this is true, then I would suggest to you, then we can answer the question, where did I come from? Why am I here? And where am I going? Where are the facts to support your claim of real prophecies? Truth is tremendously important. Uh, Jesus Christ, the founder of Christianity, said, you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. So here today, we're not here just to talk speculation. We're not here to tell you fairy tales. We're talking here about facts that have convinced thousands and thousands and thousands of atheists and communists. I want you to entertain these facts and I want you, my friend, to draw 
your own conclusions. Now, I'm going to read on in the prophecy. I want you please to listen to this. Here it is. Here it is. Verse 36 of Daniel chapter 2. This was the dream, and now we will interpret it to the king. So here comes the interpretation. It goes back two and a half thousand years. You, O king, are the king of kings. The God of heaven has given you dominion and power and might and glory. In your hands he has placed mankind and the beasts of the field and the birds of the air. Wherever they live, he has made you ruler over them all. You are the head of gold. And so here we have an explanation given two and a half thousand years ago and it starts with the head of this great colossus and it says that Nebuchadnezzar representing the kingdom of Babylon that ruled the world from 605, 606 to 538 BC was represented by the head of gold. Are you listening to me? You told us about Nebuchadnezzar's kingdom. What can you tell us about the other kingdoms that followed and do these fulfill prophecy? Now we know that the head of the great man, this great colossus, represents the kingdom of Babylon. That ruled the world from 606, 605 BC, right through to 538. So we're starting here with a definite period in historical time. Uh, We're not talking here fairy tales, but there's more. And I'm going to read it to you. Daniel chapter 2 and verse 39 and 40. Please listen. After you, after the kingdom of Babylon, another kingdom will rise inferior to you. Next, a third kingdom, one of bronze, will rule over the whole earth. Finally, there will be a fourth kingdom, strong as iron, for iron breaks and smashes everything, and as iron breaks things to pieces, so it will crush and break all the others. So the old prophet Daniel, actually he was only just a young guy. He says to the young king of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar, well, you're the head of gold, but after you there's going to come another kingdom. It's going to be like the chest of silver. And then you're going to have the thighs and the belly made of bronze. That's going to be another kingdom. And then there's going to be a fourth empire that's going to be as strong as iron. Every word came to pass. And the professor of atheism for the communist youth in Kiev said, I've studied this in our secular universities. And what this guy is saying is absolutely the truth. Because after Babylon came Medo-Persia, symbolized by the chest and the arms of silver. And after Medo-Persia came the Bronze Kingdom of Greece under Alexander the Great. But the Bible prophet said about two and a half thousand years ago that the fourth great world empire starting at Babylon would be an iron kingdom and history tells me it came to pass. We call it the iron monarchy of Rome. How did the prophet know? Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greece, and then the iron monarchy of Rome. It's called the iron monarchy of Rome. It was written before it happened. Can you tell us more about the kingdoms and what they mean? There's more to come. 
I want to take you again to the words of the prophecy, written two and a half thousand years ago. Now we come to verse 41. It says, Just as you saw that the feet and toes were partly of baked clay and partly of iron, so this will be a divided kingdom. So the prophet said that after the Roman Empire, the empire of iron, everything would become divided. It would all be broken up. And that's exactly what happened. Between 300 and 500 AD, the great Roman Empire, because of corruption and internal rot, every other thing that you can think of, just broke up. It wasn't followed by another world empire, but it broke up into the kingdoms and the states of Europe. We're not making this up, folks. This is history. It actually came to pass. Now, I'm going to read you something else, if you don't mind. I want to read this to you. I'm going to read you some other verses here. Verses 44 and 45. In the time of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed, nor will it be left to other people. It will crush all those kingdoms and bring them to an end, but it will itself endure forever. This is the meaning of the vision of the rock cut out of the mountain, but not by human hands. A rock that broke the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver, and the gold to pieces. The great God has shown the king what will take place in the future. The dream is true. Interpretation is certain. Hey, what are we going to do with this? I mean, are we just going to say this is a, this is just a, an ordinary dream? I want you to think about it. It's given more than two and a half thousand years ago. It's a great metal man, head of gold, chest of silver, belly and thighs of bronze, legs of iron. Of course, that represents the Roman Empire, the great empire of the Caesars. Nobody can doubt that. Gibbon called it the iron monarchy of Rome. And then the prophet said two and a half thousand years ago that the kingdom would be divided, it would be broken up. Well, that's exactly what happened between 300 and 500 AD. The kingdom, the great monarchy, we could call it, the empire of the Romans was, was broken up into the kingdoms and the states of Europe. But then you've got this big stone that comes, this tremendous stone of destiny, and it smashes into the image, and everything is broken up, and the stone becomes a mountain and fills the whole earth, which, of course, is the end of history and the setting up of a great supernatural worldwide power. Hey, that's still got to happen, but the rest, my friend, has already been fulfilled. That's a fact. Are you saying that we had the history of the world, of Western civilization, told to us 2,500 years ago? Yes, I am. <laughs> I am making that extraordinary claim, but I'm not making it as a theologian or as a preacher or as a religious person. I'm making it on the basis of the facts of history. I'm interested in truth. I'm not interested in fairy tales. What about you? I'm not interested in speculation. That's why I found it so marvelous to talk to tens of thousands of, no, millions of atheists, unbelievers in Russia and Ukraine. 
because they'd been taught that the only thing that counted was that which was factual. Then they discovered that communism wasn't factual. It was just a big hoax. But then I showed them the prophecies of the Bible. And so the old professor who had been teaching all of these Ukrainian soldiers that atheism was the answer, he came to me and he said, it's not the answer. He said, after I've listened to these prophecies, I'm absolutely certain that the Bible must be true. And he said, hey, you told us about the three big questions. He said, I can now answer those three big questions with real satisfaction. I know where I came from. The Bible says, you see, this book claims to tell about origins. It claims to tell where we came from. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It teaches that we are simply not cousins to monkeys, but we are made in the image of God. Uh, This is tremendous news. I am a child of God. I didn't come down from the trees. I came down from the hand of God. And the professor said to me, at last I've got peace. I know where I came from. I know why I am here. There is a purpose to my living. The atheist could not give me a purpose to my living. And I know where I'm going. The great stone is going to come. It's going to smite the image. And the stone represents the kingdom of God. The best is yet to be. Listen to you. Listen to me, my friend. Listen to me. If this is true, then life is great. Life is great now. And the best is yet to be. You told us about some other ancient prophecies that have come true. We've all heard the prophecy of the Antichrist. Can you tell us who it is? So you're asking about the prophecy about the Antichrist? One of the most amazing prophecies. I've taught this around the world. And I've seen thousands, tens of thousands of atheists give up their atheism and their unbelief and their cynicism and their despair and darkness as they discovered that there is evidence for God. Now I'm going to come over here to Daniel chapter 7 and I'm going to read to you verse 2. This is another prophetic vision. I don't ask you just to believe it. I say just listen to it and you be the judge. Daniel said, In my vision at night I looked and there before me were the four winds of heaven churning up the great sea. Four great beasts, each different from the others, came up out of the sea. Now, in this vision, he sees the sea lashed into fury. And then he sees these four great beasts, which are described right here in Daniel chapter 7. The first is a lion, and it has the wings of an eagle. The second is a bear with three ribs in its mouth. The third is a leopard that has four wings. You won't see these guys in your local zoo. And the fourth is a tremendous monster. And this monster comes up in great power and great fury and it's trampling underfoot the whole wide world. But here you've got the lion, the bear, the leopard, the monster. And then the monster's got ten horns And then you've got a little horn that comes up among the ten horns, overthrows three horns. He's the Antichrist. Then he rules the world for more than a thousand years. 
And then finally, there is judgment day. Now, listen carefully. This is a repeat of the vision or the prophecy of Daniel chapter 2. The great metal man, head of gold, chest of silver, belly and thighs of bronze, you know it all. Legs of iron, feet part of iron, part of clay. Then comes the great big stone. This is a repeat. I don't have time to go into the details, but the line, like the head, is Babylon. The bear is Medo-Persia. The leopard is Greece under Alexander the Great. The four heads represent the breakup of the kingdom of Alexander into those four kingdoms under Cassandra, Lysimachus, Seleucus, and Ptolemy. Don't have time to go into that stuff, but it's history. Then the great awful beast is the Roman Empire. The legs of vine, do you get it? Well, millions of people around the world have come to my meetings of gutter. I put these things up on giant screens and I've had so many, I've had millions and thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of communists and atheists. They got it, you can get it, I can get it. So this terrible dragon is the Roman Empire. The 10 horns, like the 10 toes, represent the breakup of the Roman Empire into the kingdoms and the states of Europe. And the little king who comes up among them, that's the little horn. The Bible says the little horn is another king. That's the Antichrist. Do you want to know who he is? Why is the separation of church and state important? Let me try to give a somewhat adequate explanation to that great question. You had Babylon, followed by Medo-Persia, followed by Greece that broke up. Cassandra, Lysimachus, Seleucus, Ptolemy, all that historical stuff. Then you had the empire of the Caesars, the Iron Monarchy of Rome. That's the great dragon beast of Daniel chapter 7, the legs of iron of Daniel chapter 2. Are these fairy tales? No, these are profound, amazing truths that are shown to be true by history. We're dealing here with a divine science. Then you have the kingdoms of Europe, represented by the ten toes of Daniel chapter 2, the great metal man, but represented by the, the ten horns on the dragon beast of Daniel chapter 7. Then there's a stirring, and up comes another king, because these ten horns represent ten kings. The Bible says it. It actually says that these ten horns are ten kings, but another king will come after them. I can read it to you here in Daniel 7. Now, between around 300 and 500 AD, another power came on the European scene. It was another Caesar, or he was another Caesar. We have here the development of the church-state system of the Dark Ages. This is referring to the great church that became a coalition of church and power. That is the very essence of Antichrist. I know many of my friends believe it would be a great thing if we could have church and state united together again. Hey, you don't know what you're talking about, friend. Because when church and state were united in Europe for around a thousand years, there was bloody persecution and some would say millions of people 
were put to death. Ever heard of the Spanish Inquisition? Hey, I've shown these pictures around the world. The Inquisition, who was running it? The so-called Christian church. Was it really the Christian church? No. It was a counterfeit, a big political organisation. Whenever you've got church and state joined together, enforcing religious laws and persecuting people, there you've got the essence and the soul of Antichrist. That's why I believe so much in the American Constitution that says church and state must not be joined together. Think about it. Daniel 2, the history of the world. Daniel 7, the history of the world. The history of Europe. And then you have the great stone that comes. And then in Daniel 7, you have the great judgment day. Every word, listen carefully, every word of these prophecies has come to pass. That is why the atheists in Russia, Ukraine and other places have said to me, we can no longer stay in unbelief. We now believe there's a living God. And I've told them, well, there you are. If that is so, that's the best news you've ever had. <laughs> because the best is yet to be. You know where you came from. You know why you're here. You came from the hand of God. And you know there's a wonderful new world coming. And I have said to them over and over again, as I say to you, accept the good news and believe in the God who believes in you. Jesus said, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. John Carter reports, We have seen God's power as the gospel of Christ has been proclaimed in Africa, India, Russia, Ukraine, Cuba, El Salvador, and many other places. We invite you to partner with us in proclaiming Jesus Christ. To God be the glory. Great things He has done. Write today to the Carter Report. P.O. Box 1900, Thousand Oaks, California, 91358. That's The Carter Report, P.O. Box 1900, Thousand Oaks, California, 91358. In Australia, write to The Carter Report, P.O. Box 861, Terrigal, New South Wales, 2260. That's The Carter Report. P.O. Box 861, Terrigal, New South Wales, 2260. Thank you for your generous support. We look forward to hearing from you soon. May God richly bless you.
For a copy of today's program, please contact us at P.O. Box 1900, Thousand Oaks, California, 91358. Or in Australia, contact us at P.O. Box 861, Terrigal, New South Wales, 2260. This program is made possible through the generous support of viewers like you. We thank you for your continued support. May God richly bless you.